0: So we just finished up a series in the book of Joel, and the climax of the book of Joel is this moment where the prophet Joel is talking to the people of Israel, and he says this, right, in Joel 2, verse 28. He says, and afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So for the last two weeks, we've been talking about, like, what does it mean that Joel is gonna pour out his spirit on all peoples? And we've said that it means that God is filling a people with authority and power and calling them to join his work. And then last week, we talked about how God is calling us to join his work of renewal in all the different places of our lives, work, neighborhoods, families, schools, every space that we might exist, God is calling us to participate in renewal. And that is a beautiful image, it's a powerful and evocative image, but it can lead to a lot of questions, like what does it mean to actually participate in the renewal that God is doing in the world? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit and to join in God's work? And so today, to talk about that more specifically and more practically, instead of having a a sermon, we're going to do a panel discussion focused specifically on how does God call us to love Him follow Him, and live out the gospel in our workplaces? What does it actually mean to be filled with the Spirit and participating in renewal at work? So today we're going to do that with a panel. So I want to invite up our panel today. Would you guys welcome uh, our panel of people from Missio? These are all different folks who are attempting to live the question well of what does it look like to... um, Join Jesus in our workplaces. So I'm going to hand the microphone off to Adrian, one of our elders, and he will, uh, you know, begin the festivities.
1: Thank you. Is my is this on? Yes. Oh, good. I wasn't sure if the fitness mic would work. <laughs> um, yeah. As Johnny said, thanks for um, orchestrating this, Johnny, and thanks to the panel for being here to talk about work and faith. let's just get her started. We'll just do a brief introduction. um, Just tell us who you are and what you do and how you came into that field of work.
2: Sounds good. Uh, That's a big, lot of questions in a short amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is Becca. Uh, I'm from Salt Lake City. And I am a product designer at a company called Pluralsight, a tech company. And a product designer, a user experience design. Uh, My goal is to make sure that you don't hate using technology. (laughs) So... That's my hope, anyway. Um, And I came into uh, product design in a pretty roundabout way. I graduated from Westminster doing art and business, and everybody thought those were two opposites that shouldn't belong together. (laughs) And then worked at several different nonprofits, loving the opportunity to really understand people's needs, to be able to solve them, and to be a part of bringing God's kingdom in that way. Um, But really didn't find a niche for my skill set. And... Really, a friend randomly mentioned that I should look into user experience design. So I took a risk, and I did, and I love it.
3: I didn't look back. So that's a little bit about me. My name is Becky Rosenthal, and I am doing a couple of things currently, but um, managing Creek Tea. It's a local tea and coffee shop that my husband and I and that group of people own, and also a mother of three, so managing the two simultaneously. Um, more mom right now than Creek, but I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, both of those. I came into Creek. Josh actually started it, and um, he was managing too many things at once and kind of was ready to hand off Creek, and he asked me if I wanted to take it over, and um, I was pregnant at the time. I was like, yes, no, <laughs> I don't know, um, but I'm so glad to do to be able to be a part of it in a more um, hands-on way, to be able to get to know people um, that I wouldn't have otherwise. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about Creek and then balancing that with motherhood too.
4: Hi, I'm Jane Ann Morrison Craig, and I'm Jonathan's mom. (laughs) And um, my career has been in insurance uh, simply because I took a job to put myself through school and I never really left it. And I did that for 16 years for somebody else. And after Johnny's father passed away, I found myself a single mom, and I wanted to be flexible with resources and finances. Our dream had been to be full-time ministers. Now it was really about raising money and uh, having a platform. And so I started an insurance company myself, built it, over the years it became four companies, sold them to two Blue Cross Blue Shield companies, and so today, mostly what I do is, is kind of around that experience. I, I'm an investor. I'm a board member. I serve on, um, I've, I'm involved in a couple of startup companies. I do some coaching and con, some consulting. And then I recently wrote a book, and I'm doing some speaking.
5: Uh, I'm Jeff Trousdale. Um, I'm an attorney. Uh, side note, nothing I say is intended to be. Or should be construed as legal advice. <laughs> and your participation as an audience member does not make you my client or me your attorney. Um, I I I came to law because uh, I want to say it was senior year of college. I, I was going to be I was going towards like a sports journalism track, and realized that is an objectively useless job. Um, really wanted to just help people generally. Um, And so that's kind of how I got into law. And then uh, through a whole series of events, I'm now at a law firm here in Salt Lake City.
6: I'm Daniel Wisdom. Um, I am a parts specialist for a car dealership downtown. I kind of came into this work, I kind of fell into it. Um, I found it. I'm not really, like an intre- like really interested in cars at all, but I, I fell into it because I was coming out of um, addiction to alcohol, and it just kind of was this position that I just needed a job, and um, I fell into it, and I was a parts delivery driver, and then they upgraded me to parts specialist, and I've been doing that for about a little over a year now, um, and so that's how I kind of came into that position, and
1: it's, it's been good. Nice, thanks. And I am a, I do a few things as well. I manage an Airbnb, own a business with my wife, I teach adults ballet, and I dance professionally myself also. So that's mainly what I'll probably be talking about, but jack of all trades a bit. Um, Yeah, thanks everybody. So just in going off of what we've just heard, like how does your faith shape and inform that work that you just talked about? Um, and what does it look like to integrate and connect your faith and your work kind of in your worlds that you inhabit?
6: Um, well, I think, I think for me, because this has been like, speaking of restorative re- renewal, this has been a lot of time for me personally being renewed um, and, and living daily with, uh, with people and working with people and kind of experiencing that renewal, God's renewal on a day-to-day basis where people um, are speaking into my life in different ways and showing me that I am capable in ways that I didn't believe so. Mm. So I think that's probably the best answer I can come up with right now. Nice.
5: Um, so my field of work gets me, I guess I guess to back up, the, my faith sort of informs how I view um, both the, the beauty and the brokenness of the field where I'm in so the beauty aspect there's a lot of I I work primarily in bankruptcy law which is like grace captured in the law I mean it's really cool and it's beautiful you can have millions of dollars of debt and it goes away by virtue of a law right like that's pretty unusual and that's awesome and I think my faith informs that and and helps me kind of see those comparisons to to Jesus it's not quite the same but there are similarities Um, but then it also informs the, the brokenness aspect like um, I deal with conflict every day. I see how, how things break apart. Um, I see how relationships break apart. I see um, just a lot of brokenness. Uh, I, I get to see a lot of how um, the pursuit of money, for example, can just be so consuming and overwhelming and just and dest- and destructive. Hmm. Um, and I think that my faith helps inform that view and, and helps... Um, I guess, helps me step back and, and realize, like, this is not how this is supposed to work. Like, this is not how this world is supposed to work, I think. Um, and my faith is what causes me to say that. I think it just, it, it forces me to ask really hard questions of myself. Um, I work at a private law firm. I never really wanted to do that um, in law. And so, you know, my faith makes me step back and say, well, what what is it that I'm doing here? And... Um, how do I, how do I operate in this in this space that I'm in, in a way that's consistent with the teachings of Jesus? Um, or alternatively, am, am I even supposed to be in the space that I am? Do I is there something else for me that I should um, be exploring? And so I think I think ultimately, big picture, of faith just makes me, it forces me to ask really hard questions because I think Jesus really challenges uh, the norms, just so many of the norms that we live in society every day. Mm -hmm.
4: So I have a real childlike faith, and so my answers are pretty simple, I think. Um, I I look at our jobs as something that challenges our faith, and my favorite scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If I can acknowledge him in what I'm doing, then I have a lot of confidence that he's going to guide my path. And so I try really hard to make sure that what I'm doing, I can acknowledge him in. And then I think our faith or our our jobs also allow us to walk out our faith. And I think that means that as uh, whether you're a boss or an employee, we're a steward, we're a servant, um, we're an ambassador. And so I don't think you separate the two. I think it challenges us and it allows us to walk out. It allows us to have a platform. It gives us the finances to be a blessing to others. For me, when I was thinking about this question,
3: really it was down to relationships. Um, So at Creek Tea, I get to meet new people that I wouldn't have met before, um, employees and people who just come in for a cup of coffee. So I love making relationships with these people and getting to know them. Um, When I'm back in the kitchen cooking with uh, another employee... Um, faith always seems to come up in a cer- certain way. Maybe it's life or um, their own relationships that we get to talk about. Um, but I feel like that it's a natural. It comes naturally just by talking and hearing about people's lives and being a good listener. And so, for me, living out my faith at work has to do with relationships and building relationships and caring about the people who are working with me and for our company.
2: Beautiful. Um, yeah, I think the th- first thing that came to mind as I was thinking about this question was how much I feel like God has really freed me um, to be able to be creative. Um, I, had, I really struggled a lot with um, putting my identity in what I did, mm. that I mattered based off of what I was able to contribute and do, um, and that was really dangerous. Because <laughs> when things go well, you're like, okay, I'm doing all right. When things don't go well, <laughs> It's a challenge, and God really pushed me to say my identity is not in what I do. It's in him, that I'm created in Christ Jesus to then do good work, but I'm created in him first. And that was something that really then freed me to say I can take risks, and I can fail, (laughs) and I can try again. And I think that's really then informed me to be able to push, as others have mentioned, to say really where should I be? Where should I live out my work? And really choosing that deliberately that I want to be a part of an organization's that I believe in, not just so that I can get a paycheck, but that I really believe in why we exist. Hmm. And then also um, saying, how do I really honor myself? What are my skills? What do I bring? Not trying to do somebody else's work. <laughs> um, how do I really honor who God has created me to be specifically um, to do that work? Um, so those are few things. Hmm. We could keep going. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, that's great. So Becca, with your, you know, you just brought up the identity piece, which I, I think is just key when it comes to work um, as believers, that it's so easy to kind of identify with what we do instead of with who we have been made to be in Him. Um, so, like, how do you remind yourself of that? You know, like, how do you, like, are there habits and rituals and practices and rhythms of, of your life and of your faith life that you can integrate into your work that kind of remind you of that?
2: Uh, yeah, I think it, as I thought about this, um, there's really three different things that came to mind uh, initially. Um, one, especially being in a creative field, a lot of times people won't pay you for the work that you really want to do. <laughs> they're like we'll just pay you for the work that we've seen you do and that really can feel like not creative work anymore <laughs> and so one of the big things that I've looked at is how do I push to do uh, my own personal projects that nobody's gonna pay me for but are really an intersection of what I'm passionate about an opportunity to really push my skills and really saying how do I see what the world really needs and what I get to bring to it and um, even though nobody will pay me for it, and that's something um, that I've been surprised. Then, you know, then people mm-hmm. were, are interested in that work, <laughs> but you have to go and take the risk yourself and do it. Um, the other big one for me is um, really looking at um, reading a lot, actually, and seeing how other people have done it. I just finished a great book called *The Moment of Lift*, where Melinda Gates talks about how she integrated her Catholic faith into mm-hmm. um, her their charity work and just really continuing to be inspired. There's people who are thinking about this long and hard and how do I really become students of them so that I get to be continually inspired by what God is doing all around me and how he's pushing me to do that Mm. as well.
3: So as far as habits and rituals for me, a lot of times my time at Creek Tea is like a short blimp of the day. Um, I'm at home mostly so... When I was, before I had my third child, that was about three months ago, I was in a few mornings a week, so I was in for longer chunks of time, but it was still pretty quick, um, so before coming into work, I would always say the short prayer, it's kind of silly, but I would just say, God, multiply my efforts, because I'm like, oh, I got to go in, and I have lots to do, and I also want to talk to people, and then I have to, like, run back out, <clears throat> literally, to the kids, so. I just would ask that God would multiply my efforts at Creek Tea relationally and my work that I'm doing. That it always feels like it's not enough. There's more I could do, more I could bake, more I could be creative with. And so, um, just I would work really hard in the few hours that I had, or now it's like minutes. I feel like um, work really hard in those little times, and then um, trust that God is in control of the business and is going to turn it into what He wants. Um, and lead and guide it and then be able to go back home and do the same at home also to give it my all but also trust um, that in the time that I don't have that God is present and he's in control. Uh, I think there's a verse that says God is, immeasurab- God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine and I hold on to that um, when I have a lot going on because I want to believe that and trust that he He can do more. I'm just going to do what I can do, plant seeds, care for people, talk to them, um, bake what I can bake at at Creek and um, manage as much as I know how, even though I don't have a background in that. Um, And then also trust that um, God is good and he is going to take care of us and and the future of Creek tea. So Uh, so I...
4: I have a tendency to internalize a lot and, and to carry stress, uh, even though I know that's it's very, it's not what we're supposed to be doing. And, and so I, I believe in, for me, as you taking time in the morning and before I go into the office, I need at least an hour just to shift and, and to um, meditate, to pray. To, to read his words so that I go in with the right spirit and do a little bit of planning. But it's it's just quiet time, not even to get on my emails until around 11 or 12. Um, so that's one rhythm. Uh, something else I learned that, that has been so helpful, and I, I had 60 employees. I don't have that now, but I have similar situations where I'm working with people. And I found that in the morning when I'd go into the office, if I'd stop and talk to every single employee and just ask them how they were, if they had any needs that day, what they were working on. Then I found that the whole company just worked better. Mm-hmm. And, and prior to doing that, it, I felt like I was putting out fires all day. But as soon as people knew that I knew what was going on and they had access, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And so I still try to walk that out every day. And then the third thing I do is, um, I think there's something super, supernatural about breaking bread together and so whether it's employees whether it's colleagues uh, I'm really big on breaking bread together hmm. so that something happens when you sit down together
5: hmm. um, I'd echo a lot of those thoughts uh, I think for me prayer to start the day is really key uh, and, and also just spending time in the Bible uh, specifically like with my wife and it's just so helpful uh, to start to start like that. It's um, these little things are destructive, you know. They really are. Um, and so to just disconnect and to spend time engaging in in the Word and in prayer, it, it's always super helpful for me. Uh, I don't always do it, but it is always super helpful when I do. And I think um, you know something that's recently sort of been impressed on me is the idea of inviting the Holy Spirit into my work and into my day um, You know, kind of like the, the quote on the, the screen earlier from Joel um, like the Holy Spirit is a thing that is a thing <laughs> I, I think so <laughs> um, and so you know it's not that I just have to say God give me your spirit I can actually literally talk to the Holy Spirit and say Holy Spirit I, I really like need you today in my work. Um, And so that's been big. And then I think also um, expressing gratitude to God for my job and for my work, uh, which isn't always easy to do. And those are probably the times when it's uh, best for me to express gratitude, to, to, I mean, again, literally just pray, thank you, God, for my job and for the opportunity to go in and to, you know, do whatever I'm going to do. That really helps my mindset going in. Um, a couple other things: relationships. Just emphasizing relationships is so key, um, and not just relationships in work, but also, relation like maybe especially relationships outside of work. House church, um, my wife, my daughter, um, going on walks like with Luke, with Kurt um, during the day. was um, really help bring perspective to me um, to have really just relationships with people who. Uh, will speak Jesus into me, uh, who will encourage me. Um, that's that's pretty key. And I'm trying to think, I feel like there was one other thing. Yeah. Sabbath is good. Luke brings up a good point that I didn't have written down. <laughs> um, yes, yes, Sabbath is, is so crucial. Um, one weird aspect of law is there's no there's no widget that you can create that will then make money for you or for your business like, your time is the only thing that you offer, right? And so it's very easy to get caught up in this idea that I need to spend more time, more time, more time, more time doing my job and not resting. Um, I've definitely done that. So Sabbath is key, yeah. Uh,
6: Yeah, um, so I get to work at like 9 a.m., and that's kind of when things have already started moving, and so I can get to work when it's just busy, um, and I have a really good habit of waking up late. And so I don't spend a lot of time early in the morning. Um, so the biggest thing I think that helps me is if I know that, like, work is going to be busy, I have time to change upstairs. And I simply just do, like, a breathing exercise, um, just take in a slow breath and hold it and, like, release. And then while I release, I try to think of what my identity is and mm-hmm. how, how my identity makes me who I am and not my, my job. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Um, I want to touch on community as well because I think community is one of the strongest things that's held me hold on to, to my job um, and while I've been in recovery. So. And then also work relationships too. I, I don't work with um, pretty much anybody who's Christian, but I have a lot of really amazing spiritual talks with people and some of those come out of ways that are just completely natural, and where I'm not trying to like cover up who I am, but or like try to mask myself in any way, but um, letting I think letting my coworkers see that like yeah I I mess up I have this faith and um, is like a really big thing for me um, to have them see that and to have them speak into it as well because um, it's it's a humbling thing for me and it helps me recognize that. Like, oh, yeah, this isn't, I
1: don't have to be perfect in this. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Um, I'm going to answer as well. Sorry, I've been quiet because I was enjoying everybody's answers so much. Um, But, yeah, just to echo a lot of the things that people said about, like, the relationships within the workplace um, are being key to where faith is, like, totally integrated to me. And um, I joined Ballet West about 10 years ago, and um, there were like two dancers in the company who wanted to start a Bible study and so it was just a handful of people and many years prior to that they had just prayed like for more Christians to come into that company into the arts world um, and that I just can I think about that every day um, because now we have a Bible study of about ten folks that meets every week and of a company of forty artists like that's a really amazing um, number um, and so I just like, the life of that group has been, like, the life of my time in the company, Um, and it's just so amazing to be able to, like, look across the studio and see the people that we break bread with every week, Um, and to see, like, because it can be a very, um, you know, insular community, and um, like Jeff said about, like, the only thing that, makes you a better dancer is the time that you put into it, and there's not very much emphasis on rest and um, renewal. So, like, I'm totally just echoing that, too, of, like, that... um, it's a relief to be able to catch the eyes of somebody across the room where it's not about what I contribute, it's not about how I perform, it's not about whether I biff that show or, you know, do something poorly or um, something that I would perceive as being done poorly. Yeah, so that Bible study has just been like a part of the rhythm of my time at the company that has just been like the most massive gift of life, I think. Um, Yeah. So, and with that, um, you know, we talked about our rituals and rhythms of things that kind of bring us life, but where are the challenges that you experience in integrating faith and work? Like, where are the speed bumps that you come up against when it comes to integrating your faith in your workplace?
6: Uh, yeah so because of the the business that I work in and then also like i I don't know a lot of Christians at work, sometimes I do feel like isolated in in my belief and and with how just like generally talking to people at work like our discussions are just are different I work in like just a different world, and so um I can feel isolated at times, and so what what's hard is um when I feel that isolation is wanting to stay isolated and the challenge is to enter in. Um, I think that's the, my number one challenge is to where to enter in and um, how much to be open and, and vulnerable in that. Um, and I struggle a lot with, I believe someone mentioned it earlier about like, um, is this what I sh- should be doing with my skills? You know, um, are. I, I want to move forward. I want to do different things in my life. And so it's like, are, is this a place that's, like, helping my growth? Or is it kind of keeping me in a place that I stand still? So mm. those are probably my biggest challenges.
5: Mm. Um, so I think that traditionally I've, I've realized my two biggest motivators are people-pleasing and fear of failure. Um, and actually to connect back to the prior question before Luke distracted me, the other thing I was going to say was, um, like Genesis process and counseling and things like that have been so helpful for me to realize what I'm about to say, which, which is, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've got these motivations. I I don't want to fail. I really want to make people happy. And those aren't always consistent with what Jesus teaches, right? Um, and so, a challenge is to um, recognize those, uh, I guess, sort of, at times, destructive motivations and then um, try to counteract those with what Jesus teaches, which is just something different. It is very countercultural. And so, um, it's, it's been challenging for me to engage every day, for example, in conflict. Like, I am a classic conflict avoider. It's very weird that I'm an attorney, um, and I've had I've really had to struggle with that. Like, how do I um, engage in conflict in a way that is Jesus-oriented? Um, how do I live um, in a field that so rarely shows grace? How do I show grace? Um, how do I personally, for myself, show you know confidence when I when I do think I'm in the right? And you know, rather than trying to brush something over like really confronting it in a way that is that is true and confident but also gracious and that's really hard um to do sometimes um and i think also you know even just um just engaging engaging in relationships in a way that's meaningful and engaging in relationships oftentimes with opposing counsel um you know it's very easy uh, there's a term in in the legal field called the paper tiger i can be a very good paper tiger where i'm uh, writing the angry, aggressive email, or whatever it is, um, but it's a lot harder to then pick up the phone and call someone and actually have the conversation. Um, so, yeah, I I think that like I I really struggle with with that idea, with the just just the idea of constantly engaging in conflict and how does uh, how do I live in in my faith in that? Um, make sure I'm not forgetting anything, but. Um, that's been a struggle. Uh, tch, tch, tch. Yeah, I think one of the parts of the question was, how have I handled that? Small steps that I've taken uh, is having conversations, like li- just picking up the phone. We're so text-driven and email-driven, and I think that breaks up uh, true relationship. And and also just recognizing that the right thing is usually the harder thing, and then doing the right thing, right? Um, so often I see... Um, Really, really big conflicts happening, like lawsuits, uh, and it's because people just didn't take those steps right at the right at the get-go to you know communicate the hard thing, or they or they just lie. Like people lie a lot. It's crazy, um, <laughs> and so <laughs> so just just recognizing like there is a right there is a right thing to do, uh, and then just doing it. Um, and that's so easy to say on stage. It's much harder to do. But those are
4: the steps that I try to take in anyway. so I think one of the biggest battles that I faced and and it's changed I think now but for a big part of my my career it was in my heart and it had been our dream to be in full-time ministry and we had been taught that that meant you were in five-fold ministry. And so as a result of that, I worked full-time building a business. I worked full-time in the church as children's pastor, youth pastor, missions director, housekeeper, and, and I was raising a child. And, and so the conflict was that I was never good at any of them. And, and the church that I went to perpetuated that a little bit. It perpetuated that if I missed a Sunday morning because I was on business travel or my son was sick, I'd feel guilty about it. Hmm. And, and I felt a little bit schizophrenic, you know, that I'm wearing a cow, a hat for this, a hat for that, a hat for this, and I was always having to remove them. And, and I think I finally solved that, one, by leaving the church, which, not, not the church church, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but leaving the particular church that I went to, because that was simply the culture and and then secondly, realizing that no matter where we are, we're full-time ministers, we are on assignment, we are ambassadors, we are servants, we are stewards, and we're to be walking in love, faith worketh by love. And so it, it took me a long time to figure that out, that we don't change hats, we are who we are, and we walk out our faith, you know, with fear and trembling. And um, But that was a big one, and I, I kind of think that's probably big for other people too. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe just in a little different fashion maybe.
3: I definitely can um, understand that as well as a mom and trying to manage work stuff. Um, My biggest challenge currently with integrating my faith um, at work would just be um, being in a workplace where employees come and go. So building relationship and then the employee um, going. So just feeling like, oh, I wasn't done. I wanted to know you more. I wanted to, I wanted to build more of a relationship. So I feel like just um, trusting God with people, just even in the short bits of time that I get to have with them, um, just knowing that that was valuable and um, trusting God with where they're going next and the new relationships that they're going to build. Because I feel like coffee shops are kind of a transitory place for people to work. So that's kind of hard um, faith-wise. I used to be a recipe developer online. Um, I had a website, and that was even that was really hard. I feel like to integrate my faith because I felt like it was I didn't want to be um, bait and switch. Like you're coming for a recipe, but let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> so that was, I felt like that was even that was really hard to figure out um, where to where to put my faith because the relationships online versus um, in person. I feel like at Creek Tea, just being able to listen and build an actual relationship that felt more real and authentic versus online. I was always struggling with like how to, how to live out faith online. That was just a really hard thing for me. Um, but it, when it came down to it, it was, again, relationships outside of that. I would maybe build a relationship online with someone, but then go and have a walk with them or a cup of tea and that's where I was able to integrate my faith so kind of taking the online stuff offline um became the way that I solved that but that was probably that's probably my biggest challenge in my work life so far um, was online stuff and how to integrate my faith there
2: yeah um as I thought about this question I, I was thinking through my different jobs and I was like okay which have been the challenges and I think one of them um, was when I switched from working um, with different uh, with a nonprofit to um, the corporate world, <laughs> and that was a big challenge. Where I was finally being able to do the type of work that I love doing, user experience design, and really loved what I got to do every day, but hated that it was for a corporation to help make them more money, <laughs> and just that loss of true meaning behind um, really the why I was building what I was doing was a challenge for me, because it was like, wait, I want to be putting my efforts towards um, a mission that I care about, but really letting that be a time in my life that I was there to really build relationships with the people that I was working with, Um, but then also um, that I was really being able to develop skills, that I wanted to see the long game, that that was a place where I could develop skills to continue to serve the kingdom and in better ways, um, uh, and I think another challenge um, that I saw, especially as I was thinking about that job, was seeing that the culture turned really fast, um, and one thing that trying to, to be disciplined about is saying, okay, I'm gonna take the risk and leave, even if it's not, um, if I'm <laughs> scared, I don't have the next thing lined up, but willing to say, I'm not willing to participate anymore here, which was terrifying, <laughs> to say, okay, I'm saying no to a paycheck in a place that's comfortable, but saying I I don't agree with how we're working here anymore, and I'm going to step away, and I'm going to trust God will honor that um, that decision and that risk, um, and He He really did, and I'm very thankful for where I get to work um, work now, but still continuing to face those challenges. Um, work uh, for a tech company and we, um, our goal is to democratize technology skills and it's awesome it, it, that we get to be a part of, you know, sharing this knowledge with uh, so many different people but a lot of our users are big co- corporations and those are the loudest ones that we are pushed to listen to a lot of the time. But we also have um, marginalized communities that we really push and have worked hard to make sure, um, have access to our platform. But I really see and has been um, talked about, what does it mean to go the extra mile to make sure that we're really considering them and within my work, how am I really thinking about them as I design, not just our, you know, companies that are the loudest ones, but how do I really listen to those voices to make sure that we're considering um, the refugee communities that are learning technology in their second language and are really pushing and doing it, you know, they started working on it at like midnight that night. So how do I really consider them as well, even though that actually goes against the kind of typical flow of the people I work with? And I think the final thing, and I'll echo what a lot of people have said here, um, it's hard to be arm-in-arm with different people and you're like, I want to live out my faith and I want you to to, to think good about me. <laughs> and I'm a real person. And how to be genuine um, and really have those genuine relationships and push To say, yep, you're seeing my flaws right now. And, but I'm not going to let it be like, okay, well, we'll just tolerate each other. Like, how do I really show that I care about the people that I work with? And I care enough to be invested in their lives and celebrate with them. But I also care enough to speak truth and hear truth from them. That we can both become better in that opportunity to build close relationships but I think that's been one thing to not kind of be content with okay relationships at work, but really saying, I want to develop these meaningful relationships where we both are growing. Um, I feel like that's where I can genuinely show what God is doing in my life and hear how God is working in their life.
1: Yeah, hmm. I would say for me that um, some words that just come to mind are like hospitality and graciousness and encouragement. That Those are what I want to offer Um the relationships in my workplace. Um, And also myself, like I think it's easy to not offer that to myself in my own work. Um, I can be very hard on myself, I can not be hospitable, I can like be incredibly discouraging with kind of how I speak to myself. Um, And so I think I would want like, I think that's like my overarching theme is that I would want there to be um, like a space of graciousness and comfort for people within the workplace. Um, yeah and so thanks everybody for this great conversation and I would just say maybe for the last round like what are some words of wisdom that you have for us about you know feet on the ground integrating faith and work um, as we step out from today
2: I really love what you just said about being gracious with yourself mm. and how that needs to be the starting point mm, yeah <laughs> gracious with others. Um, yeah, I think one of the things uh, I'd mentioned it before, but Ephesians 2:10 um, just continues to resonate with me that I am God's masterpiece or masterwork or workmanship, whatever translation you like, um, created in Christ Jesus to do good work. And that's been something that I constantly need to come back to. And that, as much as I can get a lot of rewards out of work, <laughs> which is great, um, I am God's workmanship. And how do I really see that long game? of how God is working in me that even if I come out of a day of work where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I showed up very well (laughs) and and I feel like I'm just struggling and I like to continue to uh, really receive God's grace for me um, in that, that I can then show up the next day. So, yeah.
3: I would say, this is kind of a silly answer, but to bring work home with you in the like best sense of like be Careful about work at home um to bring your christian community in on what's going on with work i have a few friends that i can talk to to hey will you pray for this or um we pray for this person and so they know what's going on they can provide encouragement for me um at, at work and they check in on me and check in on how things are going um, also in that like bringing it home also with family as well um, my oldest boy comes with me into a Creek Tea to bake once a week, and it's a time for me to be a listener to him, to be able to have one-on-one time with him and to, for him to, like, see and understand what I'm doing, but also to carry out my faith with him. So I feel like just integrating my faith um, at work is also just having an integrated life, um, that they're all kind of meshing together, um, that I can be prayerful, and that I can um, have my work and family kind of intersect in the best in the best sense. I think.
4: Um, agree, agree, awesome. I think I think it's helpful to look at at life and faith as an adventure, and and the very definition of adventure is that there's going to be danger. There's going to be the unknown. There's going to be the unexpected. And when we know that going into it, it it just is really, really helpful. Adventures are always fun when you have people with you. They're always terrifying when you're all by yourself. Um, And so for me, all the promises of God, of who we are in him, really encourage me. And so uh, the fact that he's made strong in my weaknesses gives me so much confidence Mm that I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Um, for He won't allow me to be tempted more than I am able, but with every temptation, there's a way of escape, that he's not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And, and there are times that I just pace the floor speaking those scriptures over me, or over my businesses. But, but there's a promise, and there's a scripture, and there's a word for every single situation that we're in. And God is a good dad. He loves us more than our earthly father ever could. I mean, there's just so many wonderful promises. And and so that's what I would encourage you with today.
5: Uh, Normally, I advise people to mitigate all risks. But I do think, like, there's something powerful about taking risks in relationships, especially. Um, And... I guess I would just encourage that, like take take risks. Um, that's that's uh, not something I do often. Uh, I am a very risk averse person. That's probably why I'm in the job I'm in. Um, but like, there's a lot of risk takers on this stage, for example. Um, and I think it's really powerful just to take risks in relationship, um, and take risks in your relationship with Jesus. Um, like, you, you, he is always there. He's always there. You can always rest. You can always rely on Jesus. You don't have to. Um, I guess work is not your identity. Work is not my identity, um, and I don't always like fully buy into that. I often buy into the opposite, where work is my identity. Um, but that's just not true, right? Um, so I would encourage risk taking. I would encourage, and this this might be, it, it certainly is skewed by the profession I'm in, but. Um, trust the truth. Like I see, so often in workplaces, I think this kind of relativism of, of like it's okay to do the gray area thing, and I just don't agree with that. Um, I think as, as followers of Jesus, we can really trust the truth of just like, literally the truth. Like this is what happened, and I'm going to own it. Um, and we can also just trust the truth of the gospel that Jesus really does, um, love us, covers us in grace, um, and and you know, takes our takes our place. Um, so I, I think that's that's all the wisdom I can offer. Um, yeah, <clears throat> there's just one like
6: word that's coming to mind and that's like that unexpected. Um, and since we're talking about faith and work, I, I just think that some of the best things throughout my walk with Jesus have come in very very unexpected ways um, and it's shown up that way in work too just it's just not quite as as as, uh, as drastic but um I would say to show up in those unexpected moments
1: hmm. Nice thanks everybody. Um, I'm going to close us in prayer and then Johnny will come up and introduce communion. Yeah. Jesus, thank you so much uh, for this day that you have given us. Uh, Thank you for this conversation and for um, just the hearts and souls and spirits of those in this room. Um, God, thank you for what you have called us to and called us into. Um, You have called us into your um, family. You have adopted us into your loving care. And so, God, would we carry that identity with us? Would that be um, the driving identity, the driving force that drives us to um, work each day out of that identity um, and into your presence, God? Would we carry that light that you give us with us? um, And would you be with us as we take steps forward um, in who you have called us to be and in where you have called us to be in this time, in this place, Lord? in your name we pray. Amen.
0: <clears throat> Missy, we're going to continue worshiping with a moment of singing and coming to the table. And you heard it a lot I think throughout this panel discussion, which was so beautiful and such a beautiful place to talk about the integration of faith and work. But you heard people talk about identity. You heard people talk about breaking bread, about relationships. And when we gather around the table, that's what we're practicing. Practicing receiving our identity in Christ. We're practicing the reconciliation that Christ brings by his broken body. We're practicing opening up spaces for his presence. And the same practice that we engage in as we gather on this table is the same thing that we take with us as we enter into our workplaces or we enter into our families. We break bread. We open spaces of presence where God might meet us, where God might meet the people we're with and where we might join him in renewal. So let's pray one more time and then continue receiving from Jesus. Come to the table. If you'd like someone to pray with you as you're kind of wrestling through or thinking through faith and work, there'll be somebody over here who wants to pray with you. But Let's pray and continue worshiping. Jesus, thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you've called us into a life with you, that it is exciting and adventurous, even as it is hard and sometimes disappointing and strange, but it's a life with you, which is incomparably better than a life without you. So God, help us to respond to the calling of you to join the thing you're doing in our workplaces, in our families, in our neighborhoods. Help us know that we're so deeply empowered by your spirit the only question is whether or not we join you, not whether or not you're with us. God, we love you. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.